Well, hello, health detectives. Just another day here at the office talking flipping health and wellness upside down. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren, former TV news journalist and chronic illness patient gone health detective and functional medicine expert, helping others take their health back into their own hands. Can we just have a moment? It's been a year or more like two years, and we all definitely need a reminder sometimes to just breathe. Today, I had so much pep in my step, and I think a big part of that goes back to my own social media and news habits. The less I check those things at all, the more happy and encouraged overall I feel. What about you? Today was one of those days I was definitely not in the weeds of, say, emails or social feeds or news headlines, and it really does make all the difference. Today on the show, we're specifically talking about anxiety and depression and SSRIs or antidepressants. The good, the bad, the ugly. You know, these drugs saw about a 40 to 60% increase in use over the past two years alone as the rates of anxiety and depression also jumped. And today we have guest Sarah Morgan in the house who wanted to do something about that. She's the founder of a company called Even, helping people feel even when they feel anything but, specifically through medical foods. And today's conversation is eye-opening to helping you dial in the key nutrients to enhance your own mental health and emotional health and well-being. I've had Sarah on the show before to talk about her other product for birth control or overcoming post-birth control syndrome, which is a whole nother topic. And I absolutely love the message she shares throughout her company and her mission. It's not about demonizing the drug industry or an us versus them mentality, like holistic versus conventional, Health is really about bridging the gap and ultimately helping people heal their root, no matter what direction they come from. I think today's episode will really bless you. And if you know anyone that has struggled with anxiety or depression or is taking SSRIs, thinking about them, antidepressants, this is a show you definitely don't want to miss. If you're liking the show too, please don't hesitate to leave a review. It really helps us cultivate more health detectives out there like yourself. And if you need help in your own health journey, don't hesitate to reach out for support. I love hearing from you on my website, drlauren.com. That's D-R-Lauren, L-A-U-R-Y-N.com. And take advantage of our amazing functional medicine-based programs to help you change how you look, move, feel, and think. Okay, that's all, folks. Let's get to the show. Well, Sarah, so excited to have you back in the house. I just absolutely love talking to you and I love what your company is about. Just really feeling even and getting even basically for our health uh, again after maybe years of imbalance for a lot of folks that maybe stumble upon you and your company and your products. But before we kind of get into today's topic, we're talking about SSRIs and just like mental health, the wild west of mental health as a whole and medications in that field. Give us a little bit of background, just what got you doing this work for helping people feel even? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me back on. And really the genesis of even started because I had my own side effects from my medication when I was, let's see about, I don't know. I was like in my early twenties, I went on birth control and I just quickly felt moody off. I was fatigued. I had headaches. I had low libido (laughs) and I, I stopped and I was like, what in the world is going on? And am I the only one experiencing this or is this a common thing? (laughs) So I went to my most trusted advisor at the time who are my girlfriends and they were also taking the pill. 
And I started asking, you know, like, do you experience uh, any issues while you're on your birth control? And they all looked at me and kind of started laughing. They're like, oh, Sarah, welcome to the club of mood swings, weight gain, digestive issues, headaches, breakouts, low libido, you know, the list goes on and on. And in the moment I laughed it off, but I knew deep inside there had to be a better way to get the benefits of, for me, birth control without the backlash. And my vision expanded as I learned why this was happening. So first of all, I started digging because I'm a why person, I'm a problem solver. And I was like, okay, it's not just me. There are other women experiences as well. So I started digging into the scientific literature and I realized that medications cause nutrient depletions. And this is something called mind medication induced nutrient depletions. It's a pharmaceutical truth. As long as pharmaceutical medications have existed, they're awesome. They benefit us in many ways. I'm not knocking them in any way. But what's happened is we have now continued to advance our understanding that while you're on a medication and the way it works in your body, it can actually use up more nutrients. It can start to deplete nutrients through absorption issues, transport issues. There's a lot of different mechanisms of how it happens. And this is actually the reason why a lot of people don't feel great while they're on their meds. And then we have these clustering of, you know, what we call side effects. Now, I'm not talking about adverse effects. Those are the really serious allergic reactions to meds, very serious things that, you know, put you in the hospital. These are more like the pesky things that, you know, I just listed with birth control or as we dive into antidepressants, you know, there's a whole list of those and they're very solvable. And I saw a gap that really (laughs) was a major problem that needed a solution in the way that we do medication use. Because right now it's like, here's your med, um, have fun suffering with the side effects. And it doesn't have to be that way. So I created even because I want to unite medications and nutrition, solving for mind these nutrient depletions of medication so people can feel well. They don't have to suffer unnecessarily and they can have better quality of life while they use the medications they need. Mm, yeah. I mean, I love where there's a problem presented in our, our own lives. That's where like the solution digging comes and the inspiration there. And I think a lot of folks could probably relate to what you just said, um, just about the variety of a birth control, um, pills, how, how, how many women are on birth control pills or like, what's the statistics that, yeah, it's, you know, we go off and on them as women, <laughs> but on average in the United States, um, about 25 to 30 million women are on different hormonal forms of birth control. So that's pill, that's, you know, patch, it's IUD, it's implant, like Nexplanon in your arm. There's a lot of different uh, forms of hormonal birth control now. Yeah, just how common those are. And and then also um, with the antidepressants and SSRIs, I mean, we've seen such an uptick in like uh, mental health, anxiety, depression, even like post-COVID, during COVID times, that industry I'm sure has boomed. What have you kind of found there as far as usage of SSRIs? Yeah, you know, during the global pandemic, I guess we could say it's still going on there were certain SSRIs. So those are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors to define that class of medication. And, you know, we tend to call them antidepressants, but they're also used to treat a lot of different medical conditions, anxiety, OCD, post-traumatic stress disorder. There's a lot of things that SSRIs are used for. 
And um, several of them were on the FDA drug shortage list during the pandemic because so many people were using them and the supplies actually got so low. So on average, about 70 million Americans use uh, antidepressants in what's called the reuptake inhibitor category. So that's SSRIs, SNRIs, SSNRIs. There's a lot of different forms of them that um, are out there now. And uh, we saw a month by month increase, I believe, of about 40 to 60 percent during the global pandemic. So it's definitely higher. I think, you know, one of the reasons we use this class of medication is to get us through circumstantial hard stuff. Right. Um, Some people are on them long term. But I think the global pandemic is a you know really good example of sometimes in life it gets really hard and you need some help. And an SSRI can definitely be a tool um, to be used that way. Yeah. Talk a little bit about how SSRIs are targeting the brain as we kind of like shift into this conversation there of like, what are, so things like Prozac, Lexapro come to mind of like maybe brand names people may be familiar with, Zoloft, we see commercials. Um, what are they doing for the brain? And and also like, what is the efficacy of these substances? Because um, I've heard in research pretty low efficacy, like it not working for everyone. And why that, why would that be the case? Yeah. So I'll start with examples. You listed a few. So Zoloft, Lexapro, Prozac, Selexa, Paxil would be some of them. And again, they're used to treat things like depression, anxiety disorders, post-traumatic stress, obsessive compulsive disorders, you know, lots of different things. Now, antidepressants, again, in this reuptake inhibitor category, And if we talk about uh, serotonin specifically, one of the mechanisms of action, number one, is blocking the reuptake of this feel-good neurotransmitter called serotonin so that there's actually more in this little what's called synaptic gap. So it can send more signals to give you more of that feel-good response, right? And that's based on the theory of depression, that's this monoamine deficiency, meaning these neurotransmitters, we think, oh, we're deficient in these neurotransmitters. That's why people are depressed, right? And so these medications were created based off of this theory. Well, now what we've learned is there's a lot of other things that are related to depression. They can be genetics, inflammation, micronutrient deficiencies, mitochondrial dysfunction, the microbiome, there's lots of them. So what's interesting is we've learned, like we do with so many medications, that a lot of times they have these, I call them bonus benefits or additional benefits. And the second way SSRIs work is they actually do reduce inflammation. And we now think that's potentially one of the main ways that antidepressants work and why people have a response to them is actually because they're lowering lowering certain um, cytokines that are like little fireballs of inflammation. And then they can actually increase anti-inflammatory cytokines. So the things that kind of like spray the fire down. So really cool how they work that way. And then number three, um, antidepressants work by improving limbic function. So this is a part of your brain that's responsible for your emotions, your motivation, your memory. And a lot of times what happens with depression is the limbic system becomes imbalanced. So you have issues with just how you handle emotions, your motivation, right? A lot of people with depression are like, I can't get out of bed. I don't want to work. There's a lot of things that happen And so it's really cool how this class of medications helps rebalance the brain. 
Now, when you talk about efficacy, I think, you know, uh, I know a lot of phenomenal psychiatrists. So first of all, we do want to note that about 30 to 50% of individuals who start an antidepressant are non-responders. So that can mean two things. One, it doesn't work, right? The antidepressant doesn't work for them. And two, the side effect profile is so severe for that individual that they can't continue therapy. A good doctor is going to work with a patient to not only um, get the medication right, because there's a lot of different types of antidepressants, there's different doses. With an antidepressant alone, it does take about six weeks to really start to notice differences. So you've got to be patient which is one of the major pain points with, you know, using this class of medication, especially when you're in more of a mental health crisis. So one of the things that's really cool about even for antidepressants is we designed it with nutrients that actually increase the efficacy of this class of medication. And in some research studies make it work faster, about twice as fast as normal. So what I would say is, there's always hope to get your antidepressant to work well. And, you know, some healthcare systems too, I just want to give props to like Kaiser Permanente, by the way, they're actually creating whole programs that people go through for their mental health, for anxiety, for depression, where they not only work with their physician, they work with a mental health counselor or coach. They do some group things. They're really talking through their life situation their sleep habits, their movement, their diet, in addition to their medication. And, you know, there's check-ins of how you're responding. Are you experiencing side effects? Let's address those. And that's really the best way to get the best response is to look at this situation from a really comprehensive lens. And even as part of that comprehensive lens. That's so cool. I've not heard of that program, but I'm so happy that that exists. And you're so right. Just the comprehensive, not perhaps that's the reason why the efficacy is not there in general with the the medication use for some is just like the other holes of like nutrient optimization in the diet, sleep, uh, gut health, like all the things are, are not there. It makes me think too, when I was going through my own eating disorder treatment, there were multiple times that I was prescribed various like Zoloft at one time, Lexpro, Prozac. I think I tried them all. Or oftentimes say I was given the Pop-Tarts yeah. pizza and Prozac diet and treatment. <laughs> um, but most of the time, like, I just remember feeling very flat and like not myself and like them not working, but it makes a lot of sense looking back on it. Now, if I had um, struggled with anorexia, my body was just, there's no nutrients in there. So you're talking about like the nutrients that will help um, just like optimize the efficacy. Um, that, that makes a lot of sense in hindsight. Yeah, we need those nutrients to make our neurotransmitters, right? It's really important. And if we're missing those nutrients, we can't actually make serotonin and dopamine and norepinephrine and all these really important, you know, signaling molecules in the way that help us feel like ourselves. Right. To even uptake it. And there's not, not there. Yeah, exactly. Serotonin. Talk a little bit about that. That's a a, I think buzzy word, we, serotonin 90% plus produced in your gut microbiome. Um, what is serotonin and why, how do we get more of it? Yeah. Serotonin is, um, so, you know, a lot is produced in the gut, but it is produced in the central nervous system too. So there's, you know, we have that messaging, but it, 
it is produced in the brain and used kind of separately in the brain too. But what's cool is the brain and the gut talk to each other on this kind of super highway that we call the gut brain access. So there's really important uh, research that's been done showing if your gut's in a good place, a lot of times it can help your brain and your mood. So that's definitely something that's really important to target. Interestingly enough, antidepressants actually do modulate and change the microbiome, sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a bad way. And I'm happy to dive into that with you if you want, but to serotonin, what does it do? Well, there's behavioral effects. So our pain response, you know, how much pain we sense, our emotions or stress response. It's responsible for things like appetite, um, even addiction, right? When we have addiction, it can be a sign of low serotonin. Also our sexuality in terms of behavioral effects, serotonin is really important. And then in our central nervous system, even like motor control, our sleep rhythm, something we see when people are depressed, a lot of times their sleep is disrupted, body temperature, you know, if you're hot, cold, feeling like you can't regulate yourself, serotonin does play a role in that. And then like you mentioned, the gut, serotonin is important for gastric secretion. So how we are able to digest our food and motility of the gut. So sometimes SSRIs are actually used for gut issues and um, different, you know, like IBS, they can be very effective for that. And then also colonic tone. So your colon, how well it's functioning. If people have like constipation or diarrhea type of stuff, SSRIs can be used for that. Uh, and the pancreas. So there's a lot of ways that, you know, we see a serotonin, I guess, impact our body overall. And when we think about how do we produce more of it? So serotonin comes from an amino acid called tryptophan and tryptophan is converted into our feel-good serotonin and our sleep-well melatonin. So there's a whole pathway that it goes down. So one, you know, making sure you're eating tryptophan-rich foods. Uh, We think about, you know, Thanksgiving dinner. Why does everybody feel kind of happy and relaxed afterwards? Well, there's a lot of tryptophan in turkey. And then we have certain cofactors or these little nutrient helpers that um, go from tryptophan to serotonin that we want to make sure that we have enough of. And those are B vitamins, some antioxidants and minerals that are really important for proper serotonin production. Yeah. Talk a little little bit about like, what are the specific nutrients? Um, Yeah. So magnesium is a big one. uh, And a lot of us are deficient in magnesium. And especially if we're anxious and we're stressed and we're depressed, we're burning through magnesium, vitamin B6 and vitamin B6 as um, P5P, pyridoxal 5-phosphate is a more activated form your body likes to use. Folate, which is vitamin B9 is really important. And, you know, just an example of that, uh, Deplin, some people maybe have heard of Deplin as a medical food similar to even is an art. We have medical foods And Deplin is used alongside antidepressants to actually improve response to the antidepressants and help with depression treatment because it's going to drive more serotonin production. And then we have things like vitamin C and zinc as well that are really, really important in that pathway when we're looking at tryptophan to 5-HTP to serotonin. And tryptophan being chicken, turkey, proteins primarily? Yeah, um, I would say any 
food that you think of that's a higher protein source of food is going to be higher in tryptophan. And, or I should say a good source of tryptophan. So kind of like, would you say these nutrients are necessary, obviously for healthy brains? Are these nutrients as well that t- by taking SSRIs and antidepressants that are more stripped when you take them? Or are they like siloed, different? They just help with supporting that's a great question. So I don't think anything in the body's ever siloed. <laughs> the more the more I learn, I'm like, the more everything's interconnected. You know, we look at the gut and we look at the brain and how everything's interconnected. When we put together our formula and we worked with our medical team uh, with even for antidepressants, we put a lot of the B vitamins like thiamine is vitamin B1 folate, which is vitamin B9, cobalamin, methylcobalamin, which is vitamin B12. And we have B6 in there and several of the the B vitamins, niacin as well. We did that because they're really important cofactors in these pathways. And there's actually randomized controlled trials showing that when you dose these nutrients alongside an antidepressant, people have much better responses. Vitamin C is another one actually that works very well alongside uh, an SSRI or an SNRI to help improve response, meaning people feel better faster and the antidepressant works better in terms of their mood and all of the different things that they're experiencing with, let's say, depression, anxiety, or whatever it may be they're being treated for. Yeah. It just kind of like takes it to that next, next level. Uh It does. Now I will say, if we think about depletion, something that's really interesting because I have some people are like, no, SSRIs don't deplete any nutrients. I'm like, well, here's, what's really interesting. Tryptophan is kind of on a teeter totter and it can go two different ways. It can go to five HTP and then serotonin, or it can actually go down what's called a kynurenine pathway. And actually 95% of our tryptophan goes this way. What's interesting is the enzyme here, it's something called IDO, SSRIs actually slow this down. And this was a fascinating find for me. And the reason that this is helpful, this is the mechanism of how SSRIs actually start to reduce inflammation because this pathway has something, this inflammatory fireball called quinolinic acid, okay? And when you have high quinolinic acid, lots of literature about depression, anxiety, even strokes, like all kinds of different neurological issues that can happen over time because it's so inflammatory to the brain and the nervous system. The same pathway though, if you keep keep stepping down the pathway in the liver, it actually creates niacin, which is vitamin B3. So SSRIs are actually slowing this pathway down. And the thought is are we actually depleting niacin? And it's something that researchers believe to be true. And if we look at low niacin, what are symptoms of low niacin? Depression, headaches, GI issues, some of the things that can creep up, you know, with an SSRI when you're using them that you want to be very aware of. So niacin was put in there more as a, something that actually is uh, depleted with um, SSRI use. It's so fascinating to me how like nutrients, like that discussion of them is really not something that is talked about, like just thinking back again to my own experience, even with so many different medications that I was, I was given. And so that is such a big piece that I think for listeners listening to this could be something to definitely talk to your physician and your practitioner about 
I guess like, how do you even go about educating uh, or like, you know, doctors don't necessarily go to uh, nutrition school. That's what a nutritionist does at that conversation that it may not know what they don't know too on this front. And I know you're, you're doing a lot of work on the grassroots work with education for pharmacists as well. But yeah, where does that conversation even begin if say a patient is kind of like thinking about these things themselves? Yeah. Well, one, I would say if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I want to give this a try. You can purchase medical foods on your own as a consumer, but they are to be used under supervision of a physician. And the reason for that is your medical provider knows your full history and all the different medications you're on and can review, you know, the medical food to make sure it's a fit for you while you're using it. And we actually have a product information sheet that's designed for, you know, consumers to bring to their doctor, to their pharmacist and say, Hey, I want to give this a try. And it goes through, you know, what's in it, um, what the intended use is for what some of the contraindications are, meaning there are people that should not use our medical foods. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's, it's not a fit for everyone. So it is important to talk to your physician about that. But it's a great thing to learn about and to bring to your physician. I think, again, our healthcare system is set up in such a way that with your conventional medical doctor, nurse practitioner, PA, they have about seven to eight minutes with you. So they really care. They really do. I know so many phenomenal physicians, but they're not given enough time to really dig in the, you know, our traditional system. So sometimes patients bringing it to the doctor is the best way to initiate that conversation and get the ball rolling. And, you know, it's really cool. Almost on a daily basis now, I hear from our customers, oh my gosh, Sarah, I feel like myself again while I'm on my antidepressant. My sexual dysfunction has improved, right? I have I have my libido. About 80% of people with antidepressants have some form of sexual dysfunction and it's very fixable. It's not magic. It doesn't happen overnight. But if you're patient and you give it a good month or two, most people start noticing improvement, GI issues. You know, sometimes, again, antidepressants can change the microbiome. And our product has a spore forming uh, bacillus probiotic in it. That's phenomenal for diversity of the microbiome, which antidepressants over time can impact negatively. So sometimes sensitive individuals need to go slow. They need to start with one capsule a day, take it with food, increase to two over time. And that's also where bringing in your healthcare professional is important. We also have even experts on staff that can help people navigate that too. But it sometimes does take navigation because our we've designed our products to be very effective. <laughs> They're powerful. And so sometimes we have to help people navigate how to use them properly. Yeah. Well, and as you talk about the design, talk a l- little bit about just like quality. Um, so, you know, there's a difference perhaps in going to CVS or Target or Whole Foods even and finding vitamins on shelf versus like some companies perhaps such as yours that really uh, the quality standards that is a very wild west within supplementation. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say this, one of our advisors was um, someone who helped write the Deshay laws, the FDA Deshay laws, which uh, have raised the bar. One of the things that have started to raise the bar years and years ago on supplements and 
there's a lot more raising the bar that's happening, which is pushing companies out who are doing things in a bad way and, um, you know, making the good companies really shine in terms of their quality. So as a medical food, we're actually in a different category than a dietary supplement. So we have different requirements that are even more rigorous. Uh, one of those being all of our ingredients actually have to have grass status according to the FDA, and that is generally recognized as safe. Uh, I would say about 60 to 70% of dietary supplement ingredients are not grass status. So, you know, you can have people who have elevated liver enzymes when they go on different dietary supplements because they're using something that's actually not safe for their situation. And, you know, it's just a consumer being able to take whatever they want with a dietary supplement, which is good and bad, right? I'm all about empowerment. But again, nutrients are not benign. If we use them in the correct way, they're very powerful. And if we use them in an incorrect way, it can cause problems. So as a medical food, we also are addressing the nutrient requirements associated with disease or condition that's being treated by a medical professional. And for us, we're also targeting the medications and the nutrient depletions that occur with that class of medication. For us, we have to run all of our, you know, every batch through third-party testing. Again, we have to have documentation of our grass status with the FDA. It's very rigorous. It's very actually limited of even the suppliers that we can use because our standards are so high. Uh, so yeah, it's, I think the other thing I would say too, is what's in our formulas and then the doses that are being used more therapeutically are something that um, is why medical foods also come alongside with a use under medical supervision. It's not something to be scared of. It's just, if somebody's like, wow, I took this and this happened, it's like, oh yeah, because it's, actually impacting this pathway or doing this. And you just need a healthcare professional to explain that and help you navigate that. Well said. Well, Sarah, where can people find out more about you and your company? Yeah, the best place I would say is uh, feeleven.com. So that's, oh, I want to feel better, right? I want to feel even. I want my nutrients, my body to be in a balanced place. And we also have uh, social media. Uh, Instagram's probably the best way to find us. And that's actually Even Health is our handle there. And we have lots of educational materials on uh, social media. On our website, too, I will say if you go under evidence, you can really dig. And we have a whole Even Journal of all kinds of different articles where you can look at, like, okay, why does low libido happen with antidepressants and what can you do about it? So we've got uh, great articles there. They're very educational that you can also share with your healthcare professional. Amazing. Well, Sarah, one of my favorite questions to ask at the end of our, our show is as a health detective yourself, what is one cool like insider aha uh, that you've had in, in your own health journey recently? Um, I would say recently, I actually have never shared this publicly. So I think I'm in a place to share this publicly. I got very sick at the beginning of 2021, actually on New Year's Day in the evening when I flew in. And I later figured out after seeing many, many healthcare professionals and going into clinics and getting lots of testing that I actually contracted hepatitis A and went on a very long journey. It's been about nine months. I can say I'm recovered now, um, but it was 
very, very challenging. Um, lots of ups and downs. I should have been hospitalized probably multiple times, uh, but I knew how to keep my electrolytes and my fluid levels balanced at home. But I, I was told that nobody knew what was wrong with me. And it was the most heartbreaking thing as someone who knows a lot about health. And I did not give up. And I kept digging and I kept testing myself. And I figured out that it was hepatitis A that made me sick. And I called on some of my most brilliant uh, medical doctor friends, one of them being uh, Dr. Joe Carnahan, who's one of the best functional medicine doctors in our country, who helped me recover. And I'm forever grateful for that. So what I would say in that is, one, if you're in a place where, you know, we, today we talked about mental health. If you're in a place where you're struggling, I just want to say, one, like, I get it. Uh, not only did it beat up my body, but let me tell you, it beat up my mental wellness and my emotional wellness. And it was such a journey of perseverance. And it is so okay to get help if you need it. And if you're down and you're feeling beat up, and if you've also been someone who's been told, like, we don't really know what's wrong with you, or you've been labeled a certain way, but you just know instinctually that's not it. Don't give up on yourself. Keep believing in yourself and keep digging. There is hope and there is recovery on the other side. And there are incredible people in our world who want to heal and bring life and bring you quality back that maybe you feel like is lost potentially forever. So I just want to say all that, you know, as we've all walked through this crazy global pandemic, crazy politics, crazy, you know, everything, our lives have been disrupted. And with that, I think a lot of us have struggled and there's always hope and light is what I would love to say. Mm, Thank you so much for sharing that. And that is uh, our greatest setbacks, our biggest comebacks too. And you're such a testimony to that and just the resiliency and, um, Gosh, I feel like experience is always the best teacher too. Just kind of like digging deeper. And thank you so much for sharing that. Um, And I do love Dr. Jill. She's great. (laughs) She is. She is one brilliant doctor. And I, um, she pulled me out of a really, really dark place. So I'm very grateful for her. Sarah, thank you so much. And we'll definitely be keeping up with your work. And um, yeah, thanks for helping enlighten us on how to feel even. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, that's it for the Health Detective Podcast. Again, don't hesitate to reach out for support if you need help taking your health back into your own hands over at my website, drlauren.com. Love hearing from you. And also please leave us a review. It helps us cultivate more health detectives like yourself and get the word out. Okay, until next time, have a great week.